Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Let me tell you the two greatest things that I think we've lost in 2020. I, and if you recall, the series we're doing is, is I'll Do It Tomorrow. And I think the two greatest things we've lost in 2020 is, first of all, we've lost our unity. We didn't mean to. We, it's not something we personally did, but we are not as unified as we used to. In fact, if, if, if anything we've learned during 2020 is that our politics, our moral values, our religion, our, our different views in life have done one thing, and that is separate us versus unify us. We talked a little bit this past Wednesday that the way you find if you're spiritually mature, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is your unity. Unity is a sign of your maturity, and disunity is a sign of immaturity. And so I don't want us to be a group of immature individuals. I want us to be a unified group. But the second one flows right along with our unity. The second thing that we have lost is our ability to love unconditionally. See, I think that a lot of us, if we were being honest, we say, I thought I could love unconditionally. But then I learned something. I don't like people. <laughs> and then I learned, maybe I can love conditionally. <laughs> and we do this. And we, we would never admit this out loud because it's so coarse. Well, some of you may. Uh, and you know who you are. You top eights. But uh, I think that for the most part, most of us would not harshly just say, uh, yeah, I don't like people. But it does come out that way. And so we've lost our ability to love for one another. And, and the sad thing about it, as believers, as followers of Christ, our number one things that let people know that we're believers is our love. Our love for one another, our love for our enemies. Because who does that? Who loves people who spit on you? We do. <laughs> who loves people who do business dealings and mess them over and love them anyway afterwards? We do. Who goes out of their way to show kindness even when someone else is going out of their way to show ugliness? We do. And if we don't do it, it's a sign of our immaturity. It doesn't make sense, but this is how they'll know that we're Christ followers. It's by our love, our love for one another. And so <laughs> genuine love is a powerful thing. It was a genuine thing. It was one thing to know that my parents loved me unconditionally. It was one thing to get into the idea that no matter what I did, my parents loved me unconditionally. And here's why. Because they raised me and if they didn't, I mean, they're going to look like idiots if they don't love their kids. But I'll tell you what, the first time when I was married and I made some mistakes and I had to tell Sandra I made mistakes and she loved me unconditionally, it overwhelmed me. When you realize that someone will love you through your good times, your bad times, your worst of days, and your best of days. When you realize that no matter what you say, they're going to love you, forgive you, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they're not going to be upset. And listen, if you live with me, you will guaranteed to be upset. <laughs> I'm not always easy to get along with. None of you are y'all. Don't act like y'all. Don't sit there so smug. <laughs> uh, he admitted it. <laughs> I can tell stories. All right. We, we're just not that way. We're just not made that way. But, but the thing about it is genuine love really is powerful. And so much, though, that the Bible speaks about love. The word love occurs over 650 times in the Bible. Over 50, 650 times. I believe that most of us uh, want to let go of anger from the past. We just struggle to do so. 
And this year has highlighted our ability to get angry and our inability to let things go quickly. We, when we mess up, we want forgiveness and we want it immediate. But yet we struggle to let go of it for other people. In fact, when I mess up, I'm, I want Sandra to forgive me because, I mean, after all, I've forgiven her. But sometimes we forget we have to work through things. It's not always that easy. Uh, so why don't we just do it? Why don't we just get over it? Why don't we just love people? And, and why don't we just start loving people right where they are? And why don't we just start going through all this stuff? Simply because it's a lot of W-O-R-K. Loving people takes work. All right? Some of you work with some people that it really takes a lot of work to love. You know? <laughs> we talked Wednesday about the, the Good Samaritan, and even the lawyer was like, so, who, so who's this neighbor I'm supposed to love? Because surely there's got to be loopholes, right? Because I, surely you don't mean i got to love everybody uh, because, you know, have you met George? <laughs> if your name's George here, I did not know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> have you met George? George is impossible to get along. In fact, George never takes responsibility. He always promises to deliver on time, and he never delivers on time. He's always doing the wrong thing. In fact, I know he's cheating on his wife, and the boss always promotes him. How is this right? George. I used to say Karen because that's the popular thing, but we have a lot of Karens in here that are lovely ladies. So <laughs> we don't trash Karens. Now, if we get a lot of Georges, we'll move to another name, like Caleb or something. I don't know. <laughs> but love takes work. It takes work. And so when you read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, we're going to go through 1 through 13, but just starting at verse 13, then we'll go through the rest of it. There are three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13 is one of the most misunderstood writings of the Apostle Paul ever. In fact, I've entitled this message, this is just for most of you today, you're going to get it, is I just can't do it today. I just can't do it today, Pastor Brian. I'll start tomorrow. Why? Because on the way to church today, <laughs> I got this call, I got this text, I told my wife we need to leave on time, I told my husband we're not going to ever be late again, I told the kids that they keep yelling in the back, and I'm just not in the mood today, so I am not doing it today. Just can't do it today. Maybe it's Monday morning you start out like that. You're like, Monday morning, I just can't do it. I cannot do it. This is not the way to start Monday. I didn't even have my coffee yet. You're starting in with me. Just can't do it. And so when we come out of a, a, a very uh, tough time like this past year, one of the things we learn is that it is tough just to pick up this idea of loving people right away. Instead, it's like, mm. you know, we like to say not today saved, but we're like, not today on this thing. In fact, I love it because most people think you're a pastor. You don't work in the real world. <laughs> right, Brad? <laughs> you don't have a real job with real people problems. <laughs> oh, silly rabbit. <laughs> you know, Jesus was the savior of the world. And did you see the people he got to hang out with? Doubters. They left him. They, they killed people. Cut off ears. They rob people. The chapters before this, chapter 13, does everything with the spiritual gifts and how they build up the church. But Paul's main point that loving people is important 
and it's more important than the spiritual activities that you do before here to build the church. So if everything he's leading up to has to do with your spiritual gifts to build up the church, and then he comes in with 13 and he says, this is more important than all that, then you've got to start with love. So what does that matter? I don't care if you're preaching, teaching, serving, whatever you're doing for the church. I don't care if you are uh, doing the fruits of the Spirit. I don't care any of that. If you don't have love, you're nothing. And he hammers it here in such a tough way that it's nice to call it the love chapter, but I would prefer to call it the beat me over the head and tell me everything I don't do right chapter. (laughs) Because it says, if I could speak with all the languages, in verse 1, of earth and angels, but do not love others, I would just be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. (laughs) You ever give a kid, like a two-year-old, a toy with batteries? Did you ever take the batteries out and hide them and say, I guess it's broken? You lied, but you did it for your sanity. That's the way people are. Sometimes you wish you could take the batteries out of people. (laughs) You know? Sometimes you're like, you didn't deserve the ability to speak. (laughs) We go through this because we get frustrated, we get aggravated, but he says if we don't have love, that's all we are. And boy, you can tell when people don't have love in their heart because they're mean. They're mean-spirited. And then they say things like, I'm just joking. Oh, I'm just kidding. You took it the wrong way. Oh, you, did, you know I would never mean it that way. They try to make you feel like you're an idiot, but the truth is they meant every word they said. Verse 2, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if, under, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possession, all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, whoo, that'd be awesome. But didn't love others? I'd be nothing. What good is it if I'm down here, I could tell you everything about your life, I had a, the gift of prophecy, and I could just tell you everything you're doing, and I could just like, oh, that's a problem, no problem, we'll pray over it, it's gone, and then I come up here, but I treat people like dirt. It says I'm still nothing. God's not concerned with your abilities. He's concerned more with your character. He's not concerned with your charisma. He's concerned more with your character. He's concerned with who you really are and if you really love people. So don't take the great people with all their charisma, because in the church we love rewarding charisma. (laughs) But I'll take character all day long over your charisma. Verse 3. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it, but uh, but if I don't love others, I have gained nothing. Here's the deal. If we're going to change things and we're going to move forward and we're going to be what God wants us to be this coming year in 2021, the very first thing you have to do is you're going to have to make love a top priority in your life. Because the scriptures say it needs to be. Love is greater than all of these things. Verse 1, the very first thing we see is if I could speak with all the language, love is greater than my, my speech, is greater than my talk. If I... If, I'm all for communication. I think we should communicate with one another. I think we should be able to openly communicate with each other. Uh, But it doesn't matter how eloquent you are in your speech or how great of a communicator you are if it's not backed with love. 
my father-in-law, Saunders dad, before we got married, raised in the same church, we met in youth group. Um, I might have been a few years younger, and she might have thought I was a little immature. But I had interest in her. She didn't have interest in me. But before all that, before I was chasing her and won her over, her father was a great pastor, preacher, evangelist in our church and had a lot of respect for him. And I remember he would come down, and after a revival one day, he came down the front, and, and, and you know, I, I may not have been living up to all my greatest expectations in the Lord. And he came up to me, and he says, boy, I'm praying that coals of fire sit upon your head till you get right with God. <laughs> he did. Here's the thing about my father-in-law you don't understand. My father-in-law could say things like that. But he had such a love for people that you just, you would wind up thanking him for it in the end. You're up, I'm so sorry, I'll do better. It, it's funny because love doesn't always say kind words, but love speaks what's best for you. Well, it wasn't Gabriel because we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I know I'm going. <laughs> Woo! Some of y'all I'm not sure about, but I'm going. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I'll take a drink right there. Yes, I am the real pastor. Nobody's going to show up next week, be different. Anyway. If my communication is not backed up by love, I'm just a stinking noisemaker. That's all I am. That's what I'm saying. You have to do things in the spirit of love. Everything that I've gotten on to my kids for, I didn't do it because I'm hateful. I don't like them. I'm angry. I didn't do it for any of those reasons. I did it because I wanted them to live better, act better, and, and, and I wanted them to be productive um, uh, humans in society. I wanted them to contribute in life and not be beggars only. I wanted them to make, do everything I can to set them up for success. But in the end, it's their choice what to do. Now, did they, did they love everything I said about them and to them? No. I didn't like everything my parents said. That didn't make them wrong. <laughs> I may have yelled and argued, but, you know, let's be real. I could argue with a brick wall when I was a kid. I was just like Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Love you. My parents always said I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> so I argued for Jesus instead, but here it is. Talk without love is useless. So why talk to people, do anything without love? you got to have love. And then it goes on and talks about if I had all the knowledge and had all this stuff. Listen, knowledge is great. Some people are trying to reason throughout their problems, but Jesus said the truth will set you free. So it's not about your knowledge. Free to love and free to love others. That's what we've been asked to do. Some of the most uh, unloving Christians are full of biblical knowledge. It's not what you, how much knowledge you have. It's not all the scriptures you have saved up. It's not all that great stuff. It's, it's the love you have in your heart. If the truth doesn't bring about greater love in my life, then my knowledge is useless. He goes on and said, if I had the faith to move mountains, faith is, <laughs> is a big on God's agenda. In fact, without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God. We know that. But if I have knowledge of faith without love, I'm nothing. 
Who cares what you can do with your faith if you don't love people? Verse 3 goes on to talk about my service. If I serve all these people, listen, if I, I could run a soup kitchen, I could serve, I could go out and, and, and do all this volunteer work, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. I could sacrifice. I could even sacrifice my own body. And isn't that what we do all the time? We justify it. Listen, I work hard. I put food on our table. I do all this stuff. I sacrifice. But who cares if you don't have love? If God's mind, in God's mind, love is the greatest thing. In fact, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39, he tells us that. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the first commandment, or the first and greatest commandment, is, that's the first commandment, it goes on verse 39, and the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Then he goes into who's your neighbor. So the first priority is to love God. That's our first commission. Love God. This is the first, in fact, the first four of the Ten Commandments are, are dedicated to how we deal with God. It's our drive towards God. And then the second part is love others. The next six commandments deal with our relationships with other people. It's important. Verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. (laughs) And I look at this thing, and let me just pause here and just say, I'm all of these things sometimes. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Well, how will I remember if they messed up me, if if they did me dirty? (laughs) It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Listen, if you are going to do all that God wants you to do in 2020, the very first thing you're going to do is you have to remove all the barriers of love in your life. So what are these? Listen, identify the traits of love. Uh, so we're going to look at three positive traits of love that just came out of this, this, this passage of verse, and then uh, the negatives we got to avoid, or the barriers, the blockades. The very first thing, love is patient. In other words, uh, <laughs> it's always used uh, with people in their circumstances. It's patient. It means to suffer long with people, to patiently work things out. Love is patient. I'm not patient. <laughs> I'm working it out. But I have to be patient. Because if I'm going to love, the very first thing I trade I've got to put inside me is I've got to be patient. And I'm not. I mean, my family will tell you, I hate repeating myself, and by the third and fourth time, I lose my cool every time. Because now at this point, I'm yelling it. I said! <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I just am. Love is kind. This means courteous, gracious, pleasant to people. It's kind. And this, I just, I just hate it because this year I feel like we've lost our ability to be kind to one another. Love rejoices with the truth. In other words, it's not a sloppy compromise, it, but pure joy comes from truth. And then the barriers it goes in, it tells us that we got to remove, it says love is not jealous, which means I've got to remove jealousy from me. We are often uh, impatient and unkind due to what? Jealousy. 
Jealousy of other people's promotion. Jealousy of other people, what they're getting, the attention they're getting. Jealous that everybody else has got a click and I'm not a part of a click. Jealousy that stops me and all of a sudden I get resentful and angry and aggravated because everybody else is doing something that I don't get to do. I'm jealous and so therefore my love is being challenged. You got another barrier. Love does not brag. Being so into yourself that you have to brag about yourself. I got some people, I won't name them, but you know that person that no matter what they do, it's the greatest thing in the world. That basketball shot they shot was the best basketball shot ever. That field goal, they made, the best field goal ever. Yeah. I'm trying not to go too far because people are going to think I'm talking about them and I'm not. But as I say this stuff, I'd be lying if I said people didn't come to my mind. <laughs> Love is not proud. It's not arrogant. This is, is when you puff yourself up to assist yourself. It's not arrogant. It's not, it's not proud. Love does not act rude. I struggle with this one. You say, you struggle with that one? I, listen, I'm pretty loving. You know what my problem is? We talk about this, we've been talking about this in, in, in our staff devotions, talking about be careful what you say. My, I struggle with sarcasm. Anybody who knows me knows that I love to joke around, and then I, I, I turn to sarcasm. The problem is sarcasm is always at someone else's expense. It's not healthy speech. It's one of the things I'm working on breaking. It's one of the things I don't want. It's one of the things I don't like about myself. Because you get a cheap laugh, and then you get another cheap laugh, and then everybody else joins you, and then one person pays the price because you wanted to be funny. So I try to pull back. I'm trying to do better. I'm having my staff keep me accountable. We're, we're holding actually each other accountable with our words and making sure we're speaking up and not down to people. It's not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Inflexible, insisting that everyone has to adjust to you. Love's not inflexible. You ever know somebody, you don't raise your hand, just, just, you ever know someone at work that's just inflexible? They're only happy when you do it their way. They're only happy when everybody agrees that their way is the best way, and then they're happy. But if it's any other way, mm -mm. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. <laughs> In other words, easily stirred up. You, you ever, it's that person that every time you talk, there's a landmine, and you're always trying to avoid the landmine. Like if I say the wrong thing, I know they're going to blow up. So I'm trying to be careful with what I say. Because if I say the wrong thing, boom! You ever have a moody kid after a, a ball game, volleyball, basketball, football, whatever, and you just don't talk to them, let them lead the conversation? <laughs> because you are going to say the wrong thing, and they will blow up at you. They are not looking for your assist, your help, or your coaching. I learned this the hard way. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Doesn't keep sins. We love keeping records of wrong. We love getting a historical. <laughs> we don't get hysterical. We get historical. I remember. Do you remember when we first got married and you started this? <laughs> do, you, do you remember when, when, you're, when our kids were 10 years old and we went to the ballpark and I told you not to do that? This is what you've always been. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> Love does not rejoice in injustices. In other words, gloating over other people's failures. Who would do that? But people do it all the time. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. As, as a congregation, 
I am not rejoicing over our president's failure. I'm praying for our president. You didn't have to vote for him to pray for him. But as believers, you better be praying for him because the Bible tells you to pray for those in authority and those in leadership. And we need them to be successful because their demise is America's demise, and I'm an American. So we'll pray for our leaders. I don't have to vote for them. I, I, I can believe that God's going to change their heart because I don't have to agree with them politically. And, and I don't, but that's okay. I'm going to pray. God changed Pharaoh's heart. God changed many leaders' hearts that were not what I thought they should be. So it's not about that. It's about supporting who's in leadership and praying for them. I don't have to support their policies, but I better be praying for them. So I'm not going to rejoice in the injustice of when they fail. I'm going to pray that they do better. I know, everybody loves that preaching. Verse 7 and 8, love never gives up. We give up too easy on love. We give way too easy, way too easy. We've got a society that says, if you don't like it, break up with it. If, it's, if you're not happy, divorce it. And I get, listen, there's a lot of people in here who's been through divorce. I get it. It's struggling. And I'm not comparing anybody's circumstances to yours. But we are now in a society where it's easier to do that than try to begin to work things out. And not everybody had your 10, 15 years of working with someone with a severe problem of abuse or something else. Some people had just, they decided they didn't love them anymore. And so they decided it was time to get a divorce. We break up way too easy. We, do, we cancel things out so easily. And that's not the way love works. Never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. <laughs> every circumstances. Prophecy and speaking in an unknown language and uh, special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. <laughs> Don't hold on to all your special gifts and all the stuff and, and the fact that you may be spiritual and you can speak in tongues. All that's going to pass away one day. It's your love that people are going to remember. So, how do I apply these principles to my life? And I'm not really going long. You know, all these guys up here in the life group, they really went too long. And so I'm really just making up my time. Um, <laughs> apply the principles uh, to your life. So here's five ways to apply the love principle to your life. Number one, don't focus on failures of others. Never give up. Don't focus on people's failures. Loving people means I put up with all their failures and that they got to put up with all mine. And in fact... I probably need them to forget mine more than I need to forget theirs. Because if I was really honest, I could fail a lot. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Why can Sandra love me and I can love her through our problems? Because love covers a multitude of sin. My love for her and her love for me is, is more important than the mess up. Your love for people should be greater than their mess up. Number two, assume the best in people. Never lose faith. Give credit or the benefit of the doubt even when you don't think that they've earned it. Number three, regard no one as hopeless. No one as hopeless. There is no one that should be regarded as hopeless. We are reaching out. We believe in the least, the last, the lost. We believe that God cares for every soul. I don't care... Where they are in life, everybody, no one is hopeless. 
regardless of stage of life, regardless of, of, of background, regardless of addiction, no one is hopeless. And if we were to really get into some testimonies, there's some testimonies that come out of this baptistry that would tell you no one is hopeless. This is a product of what God can do. Mm. Think of no person beyond hope. Verse 4, or number 4, uh, never give up on anyone. It endures through every circumstance. Real love never stops trying to work things out. Number 5, draw regularly upon the power of love. Love will last forever. It's love that's going to last forever. As we get into this year of 2021, we will be a people who love people. Our vision statement here at Harrison Faith, our mission statement is simply this, loving people and inspiring them to live like Jesus every day. And so you've got to start with just that. I'm going to love people. Loving people means I don't get to love certain people. I got to love people across the board. So what are the barriers stopping you from loving people? 1 John 4.10, as the worship team comes, this is real love. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. He loved us. He loved me first. He loved me while I was still yet a sinner. He loved me when I wasn't worthy of love. And if he can do that, how much more should we be loving and reaching out to others? A couple of things as I'm closing here. Number one, if you're in this place and you've never felt loved, you struggle with that. You struggle with loving yourself. In fact, you struggle with salvation because you don't love yourself. And hearing all this rhetoric about 1 Corinthians 13 sounds really good in a sermon, but that's not the way you feel. I want you to know that God loves you so much that he really did send his one and only son to die on a cross for our salvation. That God really is love. His very countenance is love. So God loves you. And if you're in this place and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, I want to have an opportunity to pray with you today. Just say a simple prayer with you, and then I want to follow up with you. Or, not that it's always necessary, but sometimes it is. If you've been in this place and you feel like you've drifted, it's not that you've lost yourself, you just feel like you drifted and you feel like, I need to rededicate my life to God. I just feel like there's something in here, I feel like I've slipped, I'm not as close to God, I don't feel it, I haven't been spending time, I've been struggling. If that's you, I mean, there's no time like today to say, God, today I'm starting to fresh, I'm starting to new, I'm renewing a relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm taking what you've already done and I'm renewing a right relationship with you. And then the last call for you guys, if you're a follower of Christ, I'm challenging you to do what only love can do and for you to love people that may feel and may seem unlovable. The biggest difference that's going to be made in this world is because you love people when they felt like no one would. When you treated someone right, even when they treated you wrong. When you took someone that you could have very easily called an enemy and you said, I love you anyway. I believe that God wants to make a difference. He wants to make a difference in this place today in all our lives. 
What's going to set the tone for 2021 is today. Will I love people? And will I love them unconditionally? I'm going to ask everyone to stand just for a moment. If you're in this place, and some have already come, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I know it's a difficult walk, especially if you've never if you weren't raised in church. It's a weird, awkward walk to the front. But here's the deal. It just lets us know that you are coming forth, and we're going to meet you. In fact, I'm going to ask prayer warriors. If you see anybody uh, coming down, meet them halfway and walk with them so they don't have to walk by themselves. But we want to pray with you. And if you want to rededicate your life, you can also come to the front. But for those, the rest of us, who just say, I just need to get my life in alignment with love. I need to let go of some anger. I need to let go of some things. I'm going to ask you for just today to pray in your seat. That way I can separate who we're praying for. It'll help us in our altar workers today. But if you need to realign yourself and say, I've got some frustrations of anger, as the worship team comes, just pray where you are. Make, make your, your seat at the altar, stand and pray, but just stay in your seat. But I want us all to say, God, here am I. I want to love like love loves. I want to love unconditionally. I want to be patient. I don't want to be rude. If one of these things hit too, too hard on our heart, I want, I want us to pray through it. Let God pray through it today. That's what I want us to do. But these altars are open as the worship team begins singing. If you need to come to the front, we're going to meet you up here. We're going to pray with you, and your life will be changed forever in eternity. Amen.